Hi guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of By Pumpkin. Have you missed me? I wasn't here last week. It was a a holiday, and it was one of those things where I was like, no, I'll do an episode, and then I was like, no, the fuck I won't. I'm going to take my holidays where I can take them, but I hope that you enjoyed Liz's Liz and I talking about um, True Life. I'm hooked on Molly. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was interesting. And um, normally you would only get that if you were a $5 patron. So bam, my gift to you guys. Anyway, let's do some show business before we get talking about the girls next door again. Guys, we really only have about three episodes of Girls Next Door. We have this one. Two more, and then I promise to do a bonus episode from Kendra on top. But I mean, we're almost done with that, and we got to figure out what, where do we go next? Where does Buy Pumpkin season five journey take us? I don't know. I don't know yet. What I do know is that anybody who's a Patreon member at five dollars a month gets a weekly bonus episode every week, and we are done with our true life. Uh, limited series, and we're going to move on to Hogan Knows Best. I'm going to be talking about uh, white trash, apparently. (laughs) Just, you know, wrestling, uh, bleach blonde people, Florida people, Florida beach people, you know, that, you know, but I think it's going to be good. I think it's, I think it was a really interesting series. Um, and I'm definitely going to do a bonus episode talking about, um, Brooke knows best because that they broke that show up when Hulk and Linda broke up and Linda started dating, Linda started dating, uh, one of their high school friends again, all with the same hairdresser, every single one of them, Nick goes to jail for uh, speed racing, is that is that the term speed racing? I don't know. I think that's the name of a of a cartoon I used to watch. <laughs> he's, I think racing implies speed, right? <laughs> but he's like, it was street racing. He's street racing, and he kills his passenger. I mean, or maybe the other way around. No, he wouldn't go to jail if he was a passenger. That wouldn't make any fucking sense. So, um, yeah, this is some interesting, some good stuff. So. Make sure you join the Patreon. It's You can either choose monthly bonus episodes or you can choose uh, weekly bonus episodes. And if you choose the weekly bonus episodes, we're going into Hogan Knows Best territory. You go to Buy Pumpkin. Excuse me, that's not true. You go to patreon.com backslash Buy Pumpkin. All right? Uh, oh, more show business. So this month, once I got the Patreon pledges, I was able to donate to HIPS, which is a... Reduce Harm Agency out of DC. They work with sex workers and they also work with sex workers in addiction. Um, so if you have sex for money or trade sex or any of that, they do outreach. So they they drive their van around at night to people walking the street. They have a drop-in center where people can shower, use the internet, uh, sometimes get supplies. They offer 
um, overdose prevention kits. They offer condoms distribution. They do needle exchange. They're essentially trying to reduce the harm of sex workers that work the streets. Now, we all know sex workers is a really broad fucking term. You can be selling uh, foot fetish uh, pics on the internet. You could be doing cam girl type stuff. You can be doing OnlyFans. Um, and that's all being a sex worker. Um, if you're tweeting pics of your boobs on Twitter and drawing people to a website where they can become a membership, that's sex work. But there is a big difference between that type of sex work or even escorting with an agency and walking the streets looking um, to for sex work. It's a big difference. And so this organization really helps sex workers on the street. And so what we donated, we donated enough money to pay for two nights of gas in the van that they used to do community outreach. They do peer outreach. They, I mean, it's a great organization. You can go to hips.org to learn more about them. And that's something that we did. Everyone who donated to the Patreon, some of your money went there. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for the, the where we should spread a little help next month, be, be, ugh, feel free to tweet me at okay then princess. You can also um, comment on on the Instagram posts at buy pumpkin podcast. You can also email me at hello at buy pumpkin podcast.com. You, you can also send me messages at Patreon. Those are the ways you can contact me these days. I'm gonna close my DMs because my DMs are wild. <laughs> People, hmm. you know, I appreciate that because you hear my voice in your ears once, twice, sometimes three times weekly if you're a Patreon member, um, you feel very comfortable with me and we have a good relationship. You talk, I talk about my home life and my personal beliefs and, and stories from my past. So you're like, no, oh, me and princess, we're like best friends. And I get that. So it might make it seem like you should send me a DM asking me to adopt your baby or asking me for money or like just saying crazy stuff to me. That might seem like it's okay. It's not okay. <laughs> and so what I want to do is I don't want to slog through all the DMs that I get of really crazy stuff to find, you know, things I want to answer from listeners and questions and suggestions. It's really hard for me to do that. It's a lot of work. So uh, one, I want to, if you want to message me, I want to give you another barrier so that you're not just sitting in your bed, scrolling through Instagram. You're like, you know what? I'll just DM princess sending me an email or sending me a Patreon message is that extra step that says, you know, do I really want to send this? <laughs> And also I will always answer you faster if you tweet at me or if you put a comment on Patreon or Instagram. And the reason is because I see those first and it's easier to go through them. Like I said, if you go, if you DM me and you're not a crazy person, it's harder for me to find you because there's lots of craziness in there. I appreciate people enjoying the podcast enough to think that it's safe to reach out to me with certain things, great. But I also wanna set some fucking boundaries, guys. I got a whole ass life here. I got a whole ass mental health here. I'm a whole ass person, a real person with feelings and shit to do and my own traumas and stuff. And I can't take on everybody else's. And I also have to protect myself from 
certain things. I just have to. Like, you know, Liz has been talking about this. Sonia was talking about this. Kara talks about it all the time. We are real ass fucking people doing these. Po- I know we sound like a voice, but this is a real person here. And one of the things I do to, um, not necessarily protect myself, but one of the things I, like, I have no business reading my reviews. <laughs> That's how I feel. The reason I don't read my reviews because they're not for me. They're for other people. And if you think other people should be listening to this podcast, please leave me a five-star review. And that's great, but I'm not gonna see it because I don't go in my reviews. What for? <laughs> and, but like sometimes people send me stuff that is just, I'm fortunate that I don't get a lot of criticism in my DMs, Just I just don't. I don't know whether I made it clear that I don't care about criticism. <laughs> it's not that I don't care about criticism, it's that, I've been writing for a long time. I've been working in an area where people take something that you made up and like ingest it and then have feelings about it. And I've just always been taught that criticism comes from people that you res- that you know and respect. Like it doesn't just come from random strangers on the internet. And so that dic- discourse is for them. I know I personally hate it when I'm tweeting about something that I purposely did not at anyone at because I, I wasn't opening a conversation with them. I just want to talk about it with my friends. And then that person searches their name in Twitter and finds it and wants to have a discourse with me. And I'm like, this wasn't for you. All my good wife tweets are not for Juliana Margulies. They are not. I don't want to hear her feelings on the wig because I'm not talking to her. I'm talking to other good wife fans. And that's how I feel about reviews is that like, it's not for me. And if somebody wanted to, tell me something in a review directly, they would send me an email. And that opens the scores. And maybe, and I have to decide whether or not I want to interact with it. This is going on longer than I intended to. What I'm saying though is that I like hearing from you guys. I love when you interact with the post on Patreon, or on Instagram. I like when you guys even tweet me. But I do not want to be, like I'm just not gonna be checking my DMs anymore. And it's not just because of this podcast. It's because of some work I've done. It's because, it's because a few times on on Twitter, someone has mentioned a hard time they're going through and I've cashed out small amounts of money to help people because I believe in micro donations. It's a combination of things. It's not just this podcast, but the result is you can't really DM me anymore. And if you still insist on DM me, DMing me, just make sure that you understand that I'm not really gonna get to it. <laughs> it's not, it's maybe in a couple of months I'll answer you once I feel like digging through there. But it's the best way, the fastest way to get a hold of me is to tweet me at Okay Then Princess is to comment on a Patreon post or an Instagram post at uh, Buy Pumpkin Podcast. You can also message me on Patreon. You can also email me at, at hello hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com. Those are, that's still a lot of ways to get a hold of me. I don't feel like I've like closed off um, ways for you to get a hold of me. Also guys, sometimes I just kind of like give up on social media for a little while. And I'd hate for you to be DMing me waiting for like, like a life or death question to be answered. And I'm, and I've decided I'm not gonna come back to, to Twitter till January. I don't want it. I don't, want to be responsible for that. So I think I've said what I need to say over and over and over again. (laughs) But we're only 12 minutes in and I feel good because normally I'm like 30 minutes in before I even start talking about anything. So look at me improving. So listen, 
We're on episode 10 and 11 of Girls Next Door. It's called Ghost Busted and Grape Expectation. Um, the opening scene for the first episode is they're making tombstones because, you know, Halloween's a big deal around the mansion. They do a lot of, I mean, if you like costumes and decorations, you'll love the mansion because they do it big for every single thing. But for Halloween, what they do is they do tombstones on the front lawn of just everyone at the mansion and like playmates and stuff. And so they're, Holly's making tombstones and Kendra's there as well. And they're just trying to figure out what, you know, what a sassy thing to say on these tombstones. And I don't care about that conversation, but I do want to comment on the fact that they squeal a lot. I don't know... The squealing is a lot for me. I don't know if I could have like been around them all the time, just like, ee, oh my God, oh my God. I don't know if I could do all that. It's just not the type of girl I am. I'm not trying to say that they're that they're less less than because they're not, because I'm different than they are, but I am saying that I would never make it in a sorority. Well, I would never make it in a sorority. I don't think I could ever make it in like, a religion because I just don't like people telling me what to do. I just don't, you know, on Twitter, someone was talking about how astrology is a lot like a pseudo religion for people where they think they like, it has a similar effect on people. And I will say this, I like astrology. Astrology is not to be all end all for me, but <laughs> the difference is, Astrology is just like, hey girl, when's your birthday? Mm. Oh, this is your sign. Let me tell you some things about yourself. Some very vague things that can apply to anybody. <laughs> because, you know, nobody's nobody's always something and never something. It's everybody's on a spectrum. It's it's pretty much always sometimes. It's, it's rarely, maybe, sometimes, often. It's always and never or, you know, a rare. And so <laughs> So they tell you some traits, good and bad, that might apply to you. And you're like, I see myself in that. And then, you know, you do stuff like, you post memes like when Leo's walk in the room or stuff like that. And that's the end of it. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need, there's no book to follow of rules. Nobody can judge you. No one's like, well, you're not being very Aquarius. <laughs> what, what happens then? Nothing. You don't have to donate any money. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to buy anything. Like, it's really, it's really so noncommittal. You don't have to do shit except for read some memes. Maybe tell somebody the time you were born and let them spit out a bunch. Maybe download CoStar. I mean, really, there is nothing to do. And I'm talking about us as casual astrology consumers. I'm not talking about people who make astrology their life, you know, like literal astrologers. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, the rest of us who just casually consume astrology. So whereas you might be able to compare it to like a, a pseudo religion, it really isn't one. And that's why I like it. Cause nobody, cause nobody's going to be like, princess, you're not doing Leo stuff right now. And uh, we need to talk to you about it. No one does that. I just, I just really dislike being told what to do. I really dislike it. And <laughs> so like, how can I, like nobody likes being told to do. But what I'm saying here is that 
if I have to belong to an organization that has a list of rules that one, I don't get a say in, and you can't explain to me why I have to do it, we're gonna have a problem. I ask a lot of questions, just how I am. I'm a nosy bitch, it's who I am. So I can see myself, someone being like, come join our sorority. I'm like, okay, seems fun. You guys go to parties and stuff and you hang out and you're nice to each other. That's That seems like something I wanna be a part of. And then the first time someone's like, we wear pink on Wednesdays. And I'll be like, well, why? Because we do, princess. I was like, okay, but what if I don't want to wear pink on Wednesday? Well, you have to. Well, then I'm out because I don't want to. And you don't, you haven't given me a reason. You haven't persuaded me. I'm always open to, I'm always open to being persuaded. Sure. I, I'm wrong. Tell me why. Give me some evidence. Show me a video. Do something. But, but you can't just be like, well, because we said so. Because <laughs> that's not going to work with me. And it's why all my childhood people would be like, you need to be a lawyer. And remember, when someone tells you, especially when you're a child, that you should be a lawyer, what they're saying is that you argue too much and you talk too much and you keep asking too many questions, which was all fucking true. So I don't know. I just couldn't be around the squealing and the, I, I would, I, if I asked myself, um, if I had to choose the type of girl I'd be, girl next door I'd be, I would be a lot of a Kendra with a rising Holly. And what I mean by that is that I do like to be in charge of things. Actually, I don't like to be in charge of things. I find myself in charge of things. And then I could totally see myself being like, uh, I'm not gonna wear the bunny suit. <laughs> I, I'd be fine with making the list and stuff, but then when they were like, well, everyone wears the bunny suit, and I'd be like, but why? Do I have to? I don't feel like it. So that's, that's who I be. So in this episode, Halloween's coming. Actually, I don't know if Halloween's coming. They're doing a spooky episode, but Bridget tells us right off the bat, she loves Halloween. She starts decorating at the end of August. So it could be August 31st for all I know, and they're starting to do Halloween shit. Um, I used to think I was a really big fan of Halloween. I used to think it was my favorite holiday. Turns out I just wanted candy. And I could buy candy whenever I wanted to. I'm, I don't hate it. I'm just not a, I don't know. I'm not that looking forward to it. I'm certainly not looking forward to it this year. I know a lot of the kids, um, I may have talked about this here, but I may not. So if I have, just fast forward. Um, I, the kids are really excited about Halloween, but I don't know that Halloween's coming this year. I don't know how I would feel about the kids going door to door. Normally I'm all for Halloween. I, I think that, I think that it doesn't, for religious people, it doesn't have to be Satan's holiday if you don't want, if you don't do any Satan worshiping, then it won't be. If you don't want your kids dressing up as demons, let them dress up as firemen. I don't know, like it doesn't have to be a demon holiday if you don't celebrate a demon holiday. And I just think it's a, Halloween is so important. My husband grew up very religious, ish and so he was not allowed to trick-or-treat when he was younger and he doesn't understand the value of trick-or-treating like he still believes like old wives tell like people are putting their good lsd in apples so <laughs> like people are giving out fucking edibles at halloween oh fucking edibles cost <laughs> but he, he believes old wives tales like that. And he doesn't understand the thrill of Halloween, which is that you, as a child, you are rarely outside when it's dark on the street. 
and you get a costume that's really cool and people are giving out the number one currency of childhood candy and it's free you can just get it and then go home like that is it's an amazing holiday for kids and i'm not saying that if you don't do halloween you're like fucking up your kids because that's not true at all but i am saying that if you don't have an amazing reason maybe you have more reasons to do it than not i don't know but for this year, I don't think that we're gonna do it because it involves being in close proximity to people. Now, for my house, what I probably will do, will get just a tub and fill it with candy and put it in the driveway and say, you know, when it's gone, it's gone. I mean, if somebody wants to come by and dump the whole thing in their bag, I mean, fucking fine. But this is the candy I bought and here it is. And still allow people to get, but I don't know that everybody's gonna do that. So I don't know how I feel about my kids going trick-or-treating. Um, they're like, Halloween's coming. I'm like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> if we can't do it that way, what my plan is that I'm going to get, um, I'm going to get going to dark Easter eggs and I'm going to put candy in them. And then as soon as it gets dark, they're going to do a candy hunt around the house, the backyard, and the front yard, and then, so they still get the thrill of getting candy. We'll do, we'll do like candy apples in the house during the day, and we'll, you know, I'll order them a pizza, we'll do some monster cupcakes, and then we'll, or we'll watch, we'll have a scary movie marathon. I mean, honestly, all my kids are scaredy cats, so, I don't know how long that's gonna last, but it's something that they can try. And I'll try to come up with some like, I mean, obviously my kids love a dance party. <laughs> and so we'll probably do that. I don't know, we'll try some things, but I wanna make it a nice day for them. And it's a Saturday and, and that, I wanna make it a good day for them. But I mean, the truth is the pandemic changes everything. So uh, let's not count on anything. Um, Anyway, uh, Bridget loves Halloween and she starts in August and probably goes till Christmas. I don't know. Um, it's probably the costume she loves. Bridget loves a costume. Her and Holly have that in common. And she says that she and half, what they have in common is a love of Halloween, a love of costumes, and a love of horror movies. And okay, Bridget. <laughs> Also, there's a ghost in the mansion. Um, the original owner, it said the original owner's wife, but like, if she's the wife, then she's also the owner. What does that mean? She, she owns it too. So the original owner, Mrs. Letts, um, jumped off one of the balconies and hit the marble floor below and killed herself. And so they say she walks the space, uh, you know, just haunting it up. And Bridget, what Bridget wants to do, she wants to have a seance. So let's talk about belief in ghosts. Um, Bridget is a true believer. Bridget has seen ghosts there. I mean, she's just, and that makes sense for Bridget, right? That makes sense for Bridget's personality. She's the type of person that that knows to call a paranormal expert. That uh, That's Bridget's personality. Holly doesn't necessarily believe, but she wants to. So she is willing to be shown. She just doesn't know. She does not have the experience. And I'd say I'm like of the Holly persuasion for this, that I don't not believe in ghosts. I just ain't seen any ghosts. And this is, this is one of the problems I have with like conspiracy theorists and, and, and a lot of people that are in the paranormal to begin with is that you'll be like, Oh really? This is ha okay. Well, 
show me. And they'll be like, I can't show you. I can't give you the information that's too hot to handle. Oh, it only shows up when I'm not here. And I'm like, okay, well then what do you want me to do about it? Like, I'm, I'm open, but I, but you gotta show me something. You gotta, you gotta give me something. Okay. Now, Kendra is a flip-flopper. The girl's actually talking about that, is that she is someone that's like, I don't believe in that shit, depending on the, the mood she's in. And then later she'll be like, oh, my house, my room is definitely the most haunted. It's definitely. Oh, I'm the most haunted here. Oh, like, <laughs> what they're responding to is that Kendra's like 20 years old. And, and, you know, I've been a big Kendra defender throughout this uh, podcast, mostly because what I've seen on screen has been like, I understand what Kendra would be like at 20. I just get it. I get that she's, some of this behavior is what you would do, you know? But I can also understand, like the fact is those two girls are good friends. And I mean, I think they describe themselves as their best friend. Guys, like two days ago, someone called me their best friend. And I was like, they're my acquaintance. I don't even know them like that. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't correct them. I was just like moved on to the next subject. Cause I was, cause I was like, that would be like a really hard uh, conversation to have to be like, Oh, you think I'm your best friend? Why? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to crush people's lives like that. So I just was like, I mean, it wasn't really that relevant to what we were talking about. So I just moved on to the next thing. <laughs> but anyway, um, Holly and Bridget are best friends and Kendra is much younger than they are, is uh, just a different type of girl than they are. And, you know, so they don't always get along. They're like, you know, uh, Sonia and I were talking about, she's like a little sister that your parents brought home and now you have to be nice to her. Great. However, I can see it from their side point of view too, being like, okay, well, she, I, we don't understand what makes her tick. She's a yes or a no. She's a flip flopper. It depends. She's, and one of the things Holly has said in her book and that Kendra has denied is that Holly, that Kendra, especially as the cameras came more and more around, keep in mind, this is episode 10, 11. Um, episode 10 or 11 means they've been filming for quite some time. It takes a lot of hours of filming just to get one episode. So, as the cameras came along more, they said that Kendra was, uh, she would fake her laugh. She would just do things on camera that she wouldn't normally do. She just, it'd just be different. And I feel like every reality TV star in the world comes to this realization, okay? That even when you first get on camera, um, everyone says when the cameras first show up, you're like very conscious of them. And then as it goes along, you, you forget they're even fucking there anymore. But what happens is that you realize or you start to really see how people act differently when the cameras are there, how your friends, your family, um, how when they go to film you out in, in the world, like at a restaurant, people act differently when the cameras are there. And I can imagine all three of them who have a tenuous relationship at best anyway. Remember, they're not, they don't have to be friends. The fact that Holly and Bridget are friends is inconsequential. It was not a part of the bargain. What it means is that all you really have to do is not kill each other. And that's what it's always been with the girlfriends. So you're not friends, you live together, you share a boyfriend, you do a nasty sex act with him once, twice a week, depending on 
who you listen to. Um, and you, you're not friends. <laughs> and now you're starting to film a show together. You're getting a, a certain fame together. And there are all kinds of thing, layers to this. And maybe you notice that the other person's been acting differently since you're doing the show, when the cameras are there, when you guys are doing appearances. Uh, Bridget and Holly got to do a, um, a liquor ad early on, and Kendra couldn't because she wasn't 21. Uh, Kendra's got her own um, manager where the other girls don't, they're using someone through Playboy. Kendra got her own manager is having her do certain things like... There are a lot of layers to this is what I'm saying. And I can imagine being annoyed with her and being like, she says one thing, she does another. Also, she's got a dumb laugh. (laughs) As if I could talk. Uh, I do want to stop here and talk about Mary. Mary was telling them a story about haunting the neighborhood, which I don't care about that fucking story. When Mary's sitting there talking, I'm just thinking to myself, what the fuck is wrong with Mary, guys? Not necessarily, she's been working at that at, for half for a long time. A long time. I can look it up if I wanted to, but I don't want to. She died working for half. Um, and I know that she is seen as the kindly older lady who's like a mom or, or an aunt. I mean, she's probably like a grandma to, to Kendra. And everybody loves her. She's a sweet lady. And even when Holly wanted to go to see a therapist, Hef told her not to because the therapist would tell her to just leave him. <laughs> he was right, of course. <laughs> and to just tell her problems to Mary. Mary in the office. So, so obviously fans of this show, people who've watched this show, think of Mary as a wonderful woman who just really loves the girls and loves half and a house mother of a strip club, if you will, you know, just a, it's a kind figure, but you gotta ask yourself if Mary has been around the house and maybe she only stays during the day, maybe she doesn't come to the parties. I mean, the parties happen in the day too. I don't fucking know. If Mary just hangs out at the house and works and stuff, why is Mary still there after all the horrendous things that have gone down? Is Mary the type of woman that if you told her that you got raped, she'd ask you what you were wearing? Probably, right? Right? Is Mary the type of woman that says things like, well, you shouldn't have got so drunk and then maybe nothing would have happened to you? Probably, right? Is Mary the type of woman that Anytime you're in a disagreement with a man, she takes the man's side every single time. Like you're being hysterical or you know what? Maybe if you didn't gain that weight, he wouldn't cheat on you. I'm imagining she is. Now, I'm, again, I'm always willing to be proven wrong. I'm always willing if somebody's like, no, Mary was definitely not like that. Mary was definitely a woman's woman, Mary. Mary was the only bright light in the fucking Playboy Mansion. Mary was everything that this show makes you believe Mary is and people that talk about Mary is definitely that. I don't know. I think Mary would say Meg Stein got shot because she's a hoe. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's what Mary's take would be on it. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Um, okay, so what happens is this episode is a paranormal expert comes to kind of test out the place he's got his paranormal 
machinery. I don't know. I'm thinking Ghostbusters. That's that's exact, that's all I think about. Ghostbusters was so important to me as a child. I remember there is a little small Asian girl in my in my apartment complex. Um, I was like seven or eight, and she was like five, which you don't think is a big age difference, but it is. It is when you're eight and five is a big difference. And the reason it's important that she's Asian is because she did not speak English. Um, they were new immigrants. Her mother spoke English. I didn't really talk to her father, but she did not speak English. So not only was she way fucking younger than me, not only did we not speak the language, like I had no business playing with her. And it's not like she was my age, but we were going over a language barrier. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like she was younger than me, but we could actually talk to each other. She was younger than me and we could not speak to each other. And yet I went to her house like on a daily basis. And do you know why? because she had a VHS of Ghostbusters. <laughs> and we, I'd be like, popping the tape. <laughs> and, she, and I'd be like, and I just have my daily Ghostbusters uh, viewing. <laughs> and, and yeah, I play a little dolls with her, or we try to like, uh, we mime things to each other to play or whatever. And then when Ghostbusters is off, I go home. That's right. <laughs> I also was very good friends with a boy who lived next door because he had a Teddy Ruxpin. So, I mean, I didn't get toys like that. So I just had to like, you know, use what it, what you got to get what you want. Make do, baby. Make friends. <laughs> Make friends. He had the best. His name was Brandon. Brandon had the best fucking toys. And he didn't like me right away because he told me his name was Brandon. I was like, like the dog on Punky Brewster. And he was like, bitch. <laughs> He didn't say that, but he was very much like, no, like my name is Brandon, like a person's name, princess. <laughs> so, but I made friends with him. He had the best candy. He had the, he was the only child. He had the best toys. All his toys needed batteries. So that tell you right there, he had the best fucking toys. And he had a rocking horse, not a rocking horse, but like a horse on springs. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's, it's like a structure. But the horse is, is being held by um, four corners with strings, and you can ride the fucking horse. Man, once I saw Brandon had that fucking horse, we were BFFs, okay? For life. I mean, I don't know where Brandon is now, but I told him we were best friends for life, and I used to ride that all the time. It reminded me of a, um, of a little horse that... I was probably too big for that horse too, by the way. It was probably of a little horse that was at my granddaddy's house and I used to like play on it all the time. And I mean, hours. I would just pretend I was like going places. I would pretend like I was like on the hunt for things. I ride side saddle on it. I do tricks on it. I just ride it. But I was riding it way too hard. And the <laughs> the the structure would like move right <laughs> because i'm like literally on it and i've always been a chunky kid I, I was never skinny so i'm on this shit just the riding in my head i'm indiana jones or some shit i'm like going <laughs> i'm feeding the horse i'm talking to the horse we gotta stop the horse gotta pee and so <laughs> and i remember it was a big family party and the horse had moved because like i said i was riding it too hard and i was a chunky kid and <laughs> 
the horse was like not where it was supposed to be. And I was like, I didn't want it that close to the wall. So I just turned around to see my granddaddy over there. And I said, Leroy, <laughs> hey, Leroy, Leroy. <laughs> and he whipped his head around. Cause my mom sometimes calls, when she's referring to him and he's not there, she refers to my granddaddy as old Leroy. Cause that's his name, Leroy. He's a very black man. He's got a black ass name. And so <laughs> he said, excuse me. I said, Leroy, come on this horse for me. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> everybody stopped what they were doing. And my mom ran over there and was like, do not call him that. And I was like, why? That's his name. <laughs> Anyway, I'm way off topic now, but I guess to rewind back to when I first got off off topic, Ghostbusters, I watched that movie a million fucking times. I love Ghostbusters. Um, a lot of, you remember when that Ghostbusters came out with Tina Fey and, uh, Melissa McCarthy and, and everyone was like, it's ruining the Ghostbusters franchise. I'm like guys, we already did that with Ghostbusters too. So don't worry about it. Anyway, this is what this looks like. They're like using their their uh, machinery to 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 measure things, and they measure things around. They never say what they're measuring. Okay, I guess it's ghost points. I'm not sure. They measure Holly. They measure Kendra. There's nothing. They measure Brit Brittany. They measure Bridget, and she's off the charts, which makes sense because they um were just the one that sees all the ghosts and stuff, and Kendra just really doesn't believe in it. Um. By the way, the editors are having a ball with the visual and sound effects. They keep doing the thunderclap with the, the scary thunderclap and, and whiting out the screen. I mean, they are doing a lot. Um, they even go into Bridget's room. The, ch- the stuff is off the charts in there. They go to the, where the lady supposedly jumped off the, the balcony. It's high there. At some point, uh, Holly, not Holly, uh, Kendra makes them measure her butt and it is extra high on her butt so who knows what the fuck is going on but here's the thing them coming through and like asking questions about the haunting and like using their little spectrometer or whatever the fuck it's called um going around doing that kind of shit and that wasn't what Bridget was really looking for Bridget wanted Bridget wanted them to say, yes, there's a ghost here and here's what she wants. That's, that's kind of what she's looking for. Um, so they also have a seance. Um, Dorothy, the medium shows up. The girls are all dressed up. Like, like I said, Holly and Bridget take any opportunity to wear a fucking costume and they come down and they almost like pirates. I don't know. It was a lot. Kendra comes down. She's wearing a tank top that says, I'm your worst nightmare and some yoga pants. Again, Kendra is like, what the fuck is going on? I just woke up 10 minutes ago. We're having a seance? Okay. Um, I can tell Kendra doesn't even want to really be there. She, like her talking head, she's really annoyed in it. And even just sitting there, she's just kind of looking around and like, whatever, if this is what we're doing, whatever. This, is this my rent to live here? Okay, fine. And I'll sit here during a fucking seance. Um... The medium says the spirit has has been here since before the beginning of time. And both Holly and I both want to know what the fuck that means. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, 
one thing that I want to bring up is that Holly's making references to old girlfriends the entire episode. Like when the paranormal expert asked her, like, did you always feel something when you first came to the mansion? Because they think that Bridget is like someone with like increased sensitivity to hauntings. And then Holly's like, maybe a knife in the back. <laughs> and then she's like, the medium's probably the medium's probably feeling the spirit of bad ex-girlfriends. Like Holly is really upset. I mean, she feels strongly about the ex-girlfriends that used to live there. And you know what? Maybe I would too if I had the most if I had as many issues as she had with those other people. My thing is that it's not that these things didn't happen. It's more like she talks about it like she just sat there demurely being like okay, be mean to me. I don't know what's going on. And I don't know if that's necessarily what happened. Um, it doesn't sound like that. It, if that's what happened, she sounds stupid. You know what I mean? Um, so most of the medium stuff's not well received. Uh, Bridget doesn't feel like she got her money's worth. She uses a slur to say that. Um, you know, Kendra thought it was bullshit to begin with. Holly's like, whatever. And so what they do at the end of the episode to kind of make up for not having just great, this great ghost story, ghostbuster type day is they have a horror movie night with Hef. They go in Hef's bed and they watch a horror movie Hef made when he was 16 years old. Guys, I think it's a silent movie. I do not think it has audio. It doesn't, it looks like, it looks like a movie someone dug up from a time machine. Guys, you have a boyfriend that is so old, he was in a silent movie. <laughs> Imagine being born in the mid 70s. Or actually, let's talk about. So, I think. Um, Kendra's born like, Kendra's five years younger than me. So Kendra might be like 35 right now. Imagine being born in the mid 80s and your boyfriend's like, let me show you a movie that I was in in high school. And it looks like a newsreel. It looks like microfiche. <laughs> it looks <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Okay, I know, I know. There are people, I'm sure there are people complaining about me saying Princess is such an ageist. Princess is constantly talking about Hef's age. I'm talking about Hef's age because it fucking matters. Because they want me to believe this is an organic relationship, an organic, fulfilling, typical relationship. I won't say normal, normal's overused. Typical, meaning that you can find this anywhere. And, and I just die at how stupid they think we are. How stupid they think we are. Guys, I, I can't. I can't. Okay, okay. So, you know, they end the show up with Bridget telling us that one day she hopes she haunts the mansion. Which, does that mean she want to die at the mansion? I don't know. Bridget, you're weird. So, the next episode is... 
something about grapes. Hold on, let me look back at my notes. I have paper notes. I don't know if you are ever hear that rustling. I'm sure you do. I'm not great at the audio on this podcast. And for some reason, paper notes, I take notes faster. And I also don't have to deal with the digital file. I used to, I used to have to go through and delete the digital file on my phone or the computer, either using Google Drive or iOS notes. And it was annoying. And what happens is every time I go to record a podcast now and write down notes, I just rip off the old ones off my, my legal pad here and throw it away. Can you guys just imagine like me, if I had a, like a bound book of notes that I take to do podcasts and I just kept them. And sometimes I go back and read them and be like, mm, Prince, I, this right here, I thought that Hef was gross. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Grapes expectations of the next episode. So we start off with them bowling and, um, you know, it's just the girls going bowling with Hef. Hef doesn't want to bowl cause it hurts his back. Guys, you're dating an old fucking man, but he has lots of opinions on how other people would bowl, should bowl. Um, Kendra is like bowling's a sport. I'm going to be good at it. She bowls, her tit pops out. Uh, she's bad at bowling, apparently. And she's like, bowling's not a sport. <laughs> it's bullshit. I, that's why I don't want to do it. Uh, I feel like, I'm sure this has been made, this comparison is made. I'm sure I've made this comparison. But more than ever in this episode, Hef reminded me of Herbert the Pervert. <laughs> from family guy you know the really old guy that can barely move that keeps trying to get chris to come in his house and show and you know have sex with him basically he's a he's a child molester that's who he reminds me of like just just watching him there but this episode is about bowling this episode is about lodi so what's gonna happen is that the girls are all going to lodi to see bridges hometown Remember, they have to be back within the same day, so they can't spend the night, so they have to drive. Well, excuse me. They have to leave very early because they're driving. Apparently, Lodi, which I know nothing about, is like five, six hours away from where they live. Now, they're not going to get back on time. And I figured out something, or I, I think something. I think that... The reason that it's okay that they're not going to get back in time, so they don't get back to 1 a.m. apparently, is because this is a show thing. Like, it wasn't a trip they just were going to take. This was a trip they were like, so maybe we can go see Bridges' hometown. What about a trip like that? And Hef was like, I'm not going to go to Lodi. <laughs> so, I mean, and they're supposed to be back by 9. And production was like, listen, there's no way, because we want to do this, we want to do that, we want to, you know, there's no way they can be back by 1 a.m. By, I mean, by 9. So it's just going to be late or whatever. So remember, guys, Hef loves famous people. He loves being on TV. He loves uh, celebrity. And I would imagine that a lot of the control he had over the girls, he would be like, oh, no, that's okay because it's for the show. The show brings him money. Remember, this is the first season. They aren't getting paid. Um, and he is in every episode, but he gets paid a lot more eventually than the girls get paid. Playboy, it, it 
it ups the profile of Playboy. Like this show benefits him a lot more than it benefits the girls, even though he's only in one or two episode or scenes an episode. So I can see him weighing those options and being like, no, you guys can go to Lodi. It's not a big deal. Uh, I mean, you can't spend the night, but yeah, come on. You could be a little late that night. I can see that. And I wonder what it's like to be the girls, whether he's speaking about it in front of them or with them. I, I feel like this is something that was decided without them. And then like someone brought up, oh, we're going to like, maybe it might've been hotly. Hey, we're going to, we wouldn't be able to get back in time. And him being like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. And I wonder if they took it as, oh, wow, it's fine this time. Or them being like, oh, wow, he's so nice. I don't, I don't know what level of Stockholm syndrome they're at is what I'm saying here. I don't, I'm not sure whether they, they take this as an act of kindness or as a, oh, well, it's fine when it's for your show, right? I don't know. Um, they have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Kendra doesn't even go to sleep, which I would make, I think that's a good idea because then you have to drive five hours. You can just sleep in a fucking car, which is what she does. She, like, she doesn't go to bed till 3 a.m., 5 a.m., depending on the day. So yeah, just fucking stay up. Um, they're all surprised by Kendra being downstairs earlier. And I mean, Holly even makes a bunch of comments about it. I bet you, one, I've always, I think Holly's jealous of Kendra. I, I think she's just jealous of the way, first of all, um, Hef plays Kendra off of Holly. He lets her do things he, he, that he wouldn't let Holly do. I mean, that's part of the control dynamic. The other thing is I can imagine how annoying it is. Also, she's younger and they all have sick bodies. Don't even people who used to call Bridget the fat one, which is crazy. Bridget is hot, super fucking hot. All have sick bodies. But I can imagine that looking at Kendra's body, who is Kendra has not a little, an ounce of fat on her. Kendra is Kendra has a, has a, I don't know. I can see Holly having insecurities about Kendra's body, even though, Holly is crazy skinny with these big boobs. Holly looks amazing. I can see that. Um, but also think about, like I just said, you're not friends per se. I mean, Holly and Bridget are, but that's not the, you didn't come here to be friends, but you're looped to get, you're lumped together all the time. And then with this show, you're lumped together even more like, and things, and then somebody's always late, you know, it's not even like you can just be like, well, don't invite her or, I'm just going to choose not to put myself in that position. Like if somebody's late all the time with me, then I don't wait for them and I don't go places with them because it stresses me out when people are late. So, but you can't really do that because you're a threesome no matter, in many ways, no matter whether you want to be or not, especially now this show is done. So let's think about it. If this show was not filming, is Bridget inviting Kendra to Lodi. My thing is this, yes, but she doesn't expect Kendra to go and Kendra doesn't go, right? So you don't ever wanna be in a position where Hef's going like, why didn't you invite Kendra to Lodi? <laughs> what the fuck was that voice? I just imagine him like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> so, so, but, but 
you don't ever want to have have take you to side and say, well, you didn't invite Kendra to Lodi and she's very sad and that doesn't make me happy because you know I don't like mean girls or whatever it is that he says to make you feel like a certain way. You don't want to ever do that, especially Bridget and Holly. So, because remember, Bridget and Holly have been there for quite some time when there were lots of girls there. And Kendra came at the tail end of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She There were some girls there while she was there. But when she f- officially moved in, it was down to three. So she doesn't have the trauma history, <laughs> the trauma bonding that Holly and Bridget have about being replaced, about being um, dressed down, about uh, him being mad at you and what happens when he's mad at you. She doesn't have that because she came in the bright, shiny, new object when there were only three and she doesn't know what it's like to be churning with seven girls all the time. So yeah, if the show's not there, Bridget invites uh, Kendra and Kendra doesn't go. She's like, oh, I'm busy. You know, I'm ghost riding the whip that day. And so, <laughs> so, and maybe Holly goes, or maybe Holly doesn't even go. Maybe it's more, Holly's like, I don't wanna drive six hours to go to Lodi. Maybe Holly, maybe it's more like when, when your mom comes to town, Holly definitely goes to dinner with you and maybe Kendra doesn't. Because Kendra does want to talk to your fucking mom. <laughs> Kendra doesn't care about your mom. But Holly is your friend. She'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll come to dinner with you and your mom. I'd love to hear more about you. Which makes sense, right? But because it's the show, I'm sure this was production plan. It was like, we're going to go to Lodi and we're going to see where Bridget came from and let's go. Um... On the way there, they stop at like a rest stop for a gift for Hef. But I guess, I mean, they're in a limo. A limo's gas mileage isn't great. <laughs> I can't imagine it got the whole five hours without having to stop for gas. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't see that happening. So they probably stop for gas for the girls to piss. I mean, um, and so they're in like this little rest stop area and they're getting little stuffed animals for Hef. And they, what they see are homies. Do you guys know what homies are? They're like these little figurines that, so they're based on a comic strip by a Latinx guy who, who drew the, for the comic strip, he used to do, he draw pictures on like um, t-shirts and things and sell them. And it eventually came, it eventually rolled into these figurines that were collectible and they're kind of rare, but, um, they're Chicano, um, they're Chicano figurines that are based on these like stereotypical gang life characters. Okay. The homies, you know, um, like if you lived in LA or parts of California, you would have like, these are, these are stereotypical Chicano characters. Okay. Um, Chicano, if you don't know what that means and you correct me if I'm wrong about this, but Chicano just means like you're American born, but you have Mexican roots. So, not every brown person you see in California is Chicano, obviously, but there's a huge concentration of them there and not everyone necessarily identifies that way, but that's just what the word means. Um, 
there's a huge concentration here in Texas, although there's lots of, I think that a lot of times when people are speaking Spanish in Texas or uh, Latinx at all, people assume they are from a Mexican background, but the fact is there's a whole motherfucking South America and plenty of times someone's background is from Honduras or, I mean, a million places there. And there's lots of little fucking countries in there. I remember getting to this fight with somebody who was like, I don't see why they all got their own money down there. They should all just do one peso. And I was like, what? What? Why? Because you think it's one fucking place? It's like a million places with a million different cultures. Like it's a very different thing to be from Peru than it is to be from Honduras than it is to be from Mexico. I keep saying Honduras because I'm learning a lot about Honduras because my kids are um, in their class. They they do Latinx heritages like different, and so the art teacher and the music teacher is are both are coordinating to do like they're working on Honduras right now. So they're doing a lot of music from Honduras. The art teacher is teaching them how to draw the flag, um, cert, like in uh, like their national fruit, things like that. So because I'm helping them with that, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, the major export is this. Mm. Like I'm learning a lot too. But what I'm saying is that like, there are so many different, like I know that you see, or not you, I mean, a person might see someone that's brown and speaks Spanish and thinks, okay, they have, then they're just like this person. But I mean, culturals are very different. Um, but anyway, homies. So homies are, that's what they are. Okay. But they, the figurines start off in like grocery store, you know, those vending machines and grocery stores. You put a couple of quarters in there. Um, you know, like a gumball machine. And now, I mean, you can buy them on Amazon. I mean, <laughs> you can you can get them anywhere. But they were very popular. Um, if you, like, I'm not super familiar with them. I mean, I've seen them and stuff, but it's not something that, like, you know, at this time I was living on the East Coast. So it's not something that was as popular in my areas as it would have been had I been living on the West Coast, you know? But... <laughs> Holly wants to get some homies because the valet at her bank collects them. I don't know how, how did this come up, but fine. She wants to get them to give her, to give the valet at her bank. And Kendra, I don't remember what she says, but she's just really into them because she thinks, she thinks she's one of them. But she wants to know if there are any blonde ones. And Holly says no, because they're ethnic. Guess what the fuck am I watching? Why am I watching this? <laughs> Fine. You know what? Fine. She's not wrong. I mean, I'm sure there are some blonde homies because like blonde hair is not, I don't want to get into that. Never mind. Let me scratch that, scratch that, scratch that. <laughs> Let me not go down that road. Let me not go down that road about blonde hair. But... <laughs> I should edit this out. I'm not going to, but I just want you to know that I almost stepped in a hole called can non-white people have blonde hair naturally? And I stepped right back out of it and kept going with my show. Thank you very much. Please applaud for me. <laughs> um, so they're having a good time. Um, they get to Lodi. 
There's a segment where um, Holly's really happy that Bridget is doing the planning, which makes sense because Holly's mostly in charge of doing the planning because she's the head sorority girl. And so normally she's the one that's got to be like, we're going to get here at this time. We're going to leave at that time. But Bridget's doing it this time. And so they're going through and Bridget's just, Bridget is very happy to be talking about where she's from. She's showing her high school and where her first job is and all kinds of stuff. And she is validated, she says, by coming back because she, lots of people knew f that she was going to be, that she really wanted to be on the cover of uh, Playboy and she's achieved that now and she's famous and people, and she, she, she wants to be like, yeah, I did it. I said I was going to do it and I did it. I have a hard time empathizing with Bridget, mm, not empathizing, maybe more like understanding why Bridget thinks being on the cover of Playboy is a huge accomplishment. I'm trying to get there because I do know they don't choose everybody. There are probably tens of thousands of girls in the running every year that are sitting in photos and plenty come down for test shoots and don't make it. I'm like, I'm trying to like explain it to myself, be like, princess, it is a lot to be on the cover of Playboy. I think part of the mental block here is that it's 2020 in the Instagram age and everyone could have those types of picture on their Instagram. I mean, maybe not, uh, I think you have to cover nipples and stuff, you know, and it has to be like a more of a, a cheeky thing where you, where you act like you're going to show, but you don't. But I mean, but that's what the cover looks like anyway. I don't know. I, it's very hard for me to be like, Bridget, this is the accomplishment you want to shove in people's faces. <sighs> But you know what it is? I also think that there's an issue with the fourth wall because Bridget can't say, I'm on a successful TV show. You know, I'm like a famous person. Because here's the deal, without the TV show, these people in Lodi don't know who Hef's girlfriends are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and this is not that it's 2005. Obviously there's internet, there's cell phones. It's all that type of shit. There's, there's an, a whole internet culture, but I'm talking about these people. These in 2020, these are the people who don't go on Twitter and who don't know we're in a pandemic. <laughs> these are the people who you have to be like, you know, they're like trying to to like privatize. They're trying to cripple the post office to privatize it. And they don't know because they get their news from like Fox News. And I mean, they don't read newspapers, but just like whatever somebody tells them at their church. This is, you know what I mean? Like these people are not like, when a bombing in Beirut happens, they find out from Fox News the next day. You know, it's not, they're, they're not up to the minute with stuff. And lots of things that I know about that are very niche topics are through the internet. Like how else would I fucking know about them? I'm sure there's, John and K plus eight was an incredibly successful show. I'm sure that tons of people who watch that show every time it came on do not know that Colin has accused John of beating and punching him or they don't even know that Colin, that Kate sent Colin away to live at a, a residential treatment center. And that Colin has now got John out, got John to get him out by sending an SOS letter, letter through a roommate to John. John got him out, said everything's fine. 
Kate's been lying about. He has no behavior problems. But apparently they got, I guess Colin had a meltdown or something. They were, he was arguing with John. And when they got home, he went in the garage and got, it says a bottle of liquid. So I'm like, what is it? Like a pain or something? Like, what is it? Like a, like a, one of those water jugs, you know, that people put on their, what is it called? A water cooler or something? You know, one of those things. And he threw it at John's car, dented it. John grabbed him in a headlock and punched him in the face. And like someone called the police. Like, there are people who watch that show, the millions and millions and millions of viewers who watch that show every week don't know that because they're not on the internet to care enough about to know that. You know what I'm saying here? So what I'm saying like is in 2005, if this show hadn't been on, I don't know that I would know who Holly Bridget and, and Kendra were because I wasn't a Playboy head. And I don't think a lot of these people that are that are in Lodi that are like... Um, really excited to see Bridget are our playboy heads. I think they just realized she's famous cause she's on a TV show on E you, do you get what I'm saying here? So that's why I think that's why it plays off a little weird to me that she's like lots of people I knew wanted to be also, I can't imagine being, being in high school and, and it's maybe because of the track I was on in high school. Cause you know, they divide you up in schools very early. They start doing it in fucking middle school. Really, they start doing it in elementary school with your reading groups and shit, but they continue to, to divide you and divide you and divide you to the time. By the time you get to high school, so-and-so is on this track. So-and-so is on that track. You're on this track. So because I was on a certain track in high school, the people I was around in high school were a certain type of person. And I can't imagine like being like at a study group and someone being like, oh, so what are you going to do after high school? I'm like, And I'll be like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go to this college and do this and I'm hoping to do this. And them being like, oh, you know, I, my big dream is to be on the cover of Playboy. I can't imagine having that conversation. But I wasn't in high school in 2005. And also, again, you got to remember, I went to debate camp for three summers. Like, yeah, just, just think about where the fuck I was, Okay. So I'm just imagining young Bridget just walking around town, Lodi, you know, working at the pizza shop. Oh no, she worked at the video shop next to Rick's Pizza. And they're like, so what do you think you're gonna do when you, girl, my big dream is to be on the cover of Playboy. And then she told enough people that they would be like, she did say she wanted to be on the cover of Playboy. I don't know, it just, it seems weird. And it feels like the wording is off. I'm not saying none of that happened. Maybe that happened, but it feels like the way she's telling it is off because she can't say, well, I'm actually, I'm on a hit TV show on E. So people know who I am now. I'm, what are they? They're 10, 11 episodes and people know who they are. You know, who knows? There's also a continuity error here. Um, so the girls are dressed. This is a one day trip. So the girls are dressed when they ride, they get to Lodi. And during this, after the commercial break at the, at the, well, I watched it on Amazon, so it didn't have a commercial break, but the, after the commercial break at the, the stop, the rest stop, they are wearing different clothes in the limo when, as they're talking, pointing out things to see in uh, Lodi. And then they go, we're going to go to the, this winery and meet my mom and sister and my friends and family. They're back to wearing the clothes they left in. So this is, this was, excuse me. I was going to say it was shot out of order, but you can't shoot things out of order. It was aired out of order. It was edited out of order. 
so yeah, they go to the winery. Her mom and Anastasia, Anastasia, I still don't know how to say her name, are there. Uh, she's still blonde. <laughs> and she, they're waiting for them. And there's lots of family and friends. And I guess they're having lunch. They're just having a lunch, like a welcome lunch. Because think about it. They left at five something. If they left it, it takes five, six hours. They got to stop too, though, to fill up the limo. If they left at 5 a.m., like they said, they got up, they all got up at 4.30. Um, they left at 5. That means they get there 10, 11. It's lunchtime. You know, after stopping, they probably didn't get there till noon. So it's lunchtime. They, everyone's there. And Holly's like, well, Bridget knows everybody in Lodi, <laughs> which is probably true. It's a small town. She's a pretty girl. It's a, she, she, she had a big church. Um, she pointed out the church that she didn't go to anymore. She was a Lutheran. She was confirmed there. I mean, she probably does. And she probably, she has a big family too. So yeah, she probably does know a lot of people in Lodi. Um, Holly calls half. She says that they've been in a relationship for four years. So they don't go more than a couple hours without talking to each other. Um, I think she needs to also mention that part of the reason he's also okay with them being gone for so long because they're in constant contact. And she mentions that later. So she has called Hef several times, um, you know, just to check in and prove that uh, she's still in love with him. <laughs> At their winery, there are pigs for sale. Is a they run over there to pet the pig and right above their heads. Good job, editors, for making sure. I mean, I saw it before the editors pointed it out. But it says, do not pet these pigs. <laughs> It says mother pigs teeth are teeth are sharp. And I believe them. <laughs> I think that people have been watching like too much uh <laughs> humanized animals on the internet and on TV that they do not realize a chicken will peck your fucking eyes out. <laughs> a, a pig will eat you, bitch. If <laughs> Dude, you think it's cute, but and but you think it's cute because we attach human features to animals because it's all pink and squealy and you think it's going to be, but like, yeah, they will bite the fuck out of you. <laughs> They're lucky they didn't get bit. Um, and then now they do the grape stomping and I wish you guys could see my face the whole time I was watching it. Cause I was like, ugh, I know it's a thing. Take off your shoes. I mean, I hope they like spray their feet down. I hope. Cause I mean, it's, it looks like warm weather. And they are wearing, you know, they're wearing like flip-flops and stuff. And so if you wear like flip-flops and, and like sandals and stuff, your feet do get dirty because they're out. It's not like you have socks on or something. I used to, one of my friends used to always tell me like, like we'd meet for brunch or something on like when I lived in New York and she'd be like, don't, don't wear sandals because... And I'd be like, why can't I wear sandals? She's like, because you're just going to be walking on these dirty New York streets in your, it's disgusting. You're going to get hip. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, so like, I hope they hold down their feet. And then they, they, you know, it's Kendra has to always make it competitive. Um, so Bridget and Holly are in the same bucket. Uh, stomping grapes and Anastasia and... Kendra and they're like just jumping on them. It's like being in a cycling class, Holly says. And you know, whoever gets the most gets the win. Uh, whoever wins um, who is the one who get the most um, juice during the time. And Holly drinks some of it because she because because Kendra and Anastasia win. And oh, Holly, 
Holly's gross. <laughs> I mean, she's gross for a lot of reasons. <laughs> she's gross for a lot of reasons. But um, this is extra gross. Um, I mean, she's had a lot of nasty things in her mouth, but whatever. Uh, we get a scene of Hef playing pinball just to make Hef happy when he sees the cut of it and goes, oh, I'm still in this show a lot. Now, um, they're back to those sightseeing clothes. So what I think happened is they, like, this is trap. They, you know, um, uh, they were wearing things to travel in. They changed clothes to do the grape stomping in. And then I think they changed clothes again for the rest of the day. Um, so they go to Bridget's grandma's house. The real reason they're going to Bridget's grandma's house is because they're there to see a scary doll that she used, that she's always talked about. And I mean, also to see Bridget's grandma. Bridget's grandma, by the way, has the permiest perm in the world. A, a orange old lady perm. <laughs> she looks like Richard Simmons. <laughs> but they, I mean, obviously also want to go to uh, Bridget's grandma's house. Kendra said it looks like a grandma's house. She's right, it does. It's got a lot of tchotchkes. It's got, you know, it's grandma. This is grandma's house. I remember on a Married at First Sight, it might have been last year. I don't remember. But they go, I think his name was Keith. And they go over to his house because he lives with his grandma um, before they move in together. And they walk in and grandma has red carpet <laughs> all through the fucking house. And I was like, that is actually, that's absolutely a grandma house. That is a grandma house right fucking there. <laughs> and that's what Bridget's mom, Bridget's grandma gave me. So they want to see the scary doll that Bridget grew up. And it's, I guess it's told a lot of stories about, but when they get upstairs... It's unimpressive because she thought that doll was huge. I mean, she was five. <laughs> That's why she thought the doll was, was life-size. It probably was. You were five. I've told my scary doll story. I'm not going to tell it again. It was too fucking long. But it's a few episodes back. You guys know I've had experience with scary dolls, too. I don't fuck with scary dolls. <laughs> um, also, so next they go to a cigar club. And it's like a meet and greet. They act like it was just a place they hung out at, but it's like a meet and greet because Holly mentions that there are people that are following them from place to place, like her fan club. And I'm like, again, you do not know who Hef's girlfriends are unless you are big in Playboy. And I don't think that these middle-aged women that are following them around are big into Playboy. I just don't think that. But, and it feels like when they leave, the guy who's in charge of the cigar club is is singing their praises, saying it's so great that these famous girls came over here and hung out with us and stuff. I was like, that sounds like some shit a meet and greet says. I don't know. But they smoke cigars, you know, have a good time. The show's very popular. These people are always, you know, it's a small town. Um, I'm not from a small town, but I'm from Hampton Roads, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, that area, Chesapeake. But as soon as, but that's not like on TV all the time. So if I'm watching something, like I remember watching Super Sweet 16 and being very much like some, the girl was from Virginia Beach and I was like, oh my God. And I, of course I, I, I paid special attention because she's from some place that I don't hear that I'm familiar with that I don't hear on TV all the time. So if we get on, if I'm in living in Lodi and this wasn't before DVRs, but I certainly used to watch things over and over again. Cause I just go to E and see what was on and watch it for a little while. 
But, um, and I'm just sitting there, you know, just fucking eating chips and watching TV and Girls Next Door comes on and they talk about a girl named Bridget who looks familiar to me because I come from a small town that she's from. And she, and they're like, she's from Lodi. I'm going to be like, what? And I'm probably going to watch more episodes. So this is, anyway, let me get off of that. I want to say that I think Anastasia is high. I don't, whether it's on life or coke, I don't know. But she gets in the camera. They do a, they do a, <laughs> a talking head with her in the camera. And she's like, Bridget is such a star. And I'm so lucky to have her as a sister. I'm like, Anastasia, what is going on with you? <laughs> if one of my brothers, if you talked to one of my brothers about me and they were like, she's such a star. <laughs> I'd be like, shit. He's doing coke. <laughs> My brothers are all very straight-laced dudes, but <laughs> never, never. One of them is incredibly religious, so fucking religious. Like, so fucking religious, we can't talk on Sundays because he says I curse too much, and it takes him out of his godly. <laughs> well, really, what he wanted me to do was stop cursing. I was like, well, motherfucker, I'll talk to you on Monday because I'm cussing. I don't know what to tell you. Shit. <laughs> But like my brothers are very straight laced guys. <laughs> and, uh, two of them are in the military. One is a used to play professional football and is now a track and field coach for high school. And like <laughs> just imagining them, they're none of them are talkers like I am. None of them. None of them are theatrical <laughs> in any way. I mean, we all will tell a good fucking story. And if we get around each other, it is going to, we are going to be laughing. We're going to be bringing up old shit. We're going to be uh, dunking on each other. <laughs> We're definitely going to be doing that. But none of them would like have a podcast or anything like that. <laughs> and <laughs> if I saw a video of one of them being like, Princess is such a star. I would be like, oh my God. <laughs> Drug addiction runs in families. Somebody check on him. What the fuck? <laughs> At the last family reunion, one of my brothers had three beers, and we were like, that's a lot of beer. <laughs> we were like, you, you okay? Because you, you did drink three beers. I mean, it, just, it seems like a lot of beer. Three? I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like you, you're getting crazy. <laughs> so I just... <laughs> Well, just to give you an emphasis of what my family is, what my brothers are like. It just, I don't know. Just Anastasia with her blonde, bright blonde hair. We know she got while she was at the mansion. Remember she was staying the summer. It's no longer summer, apparently. And, and just like smiling at the camera. My sister's a star. I'm like, girl, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think that if Hef had asked Remember, I think that maybe uh, Hef had asked Bridget about Anastasia coming upstairs to do to the boom, boom room. Um, and I don't think it happened. I think maybe he asked or he asked jokingly and Bridget was like, no. And then he was like, I was just joking. <laughs> but I think that if he wasn't joking, they asked Anastasia, I think she might have gone. That's what I think. So Holly's calling half again because they're on the way home now. They got to get home. It's five, six hours. They got their book in it. Um, Holly calls half again and uh, it's movie night. And she's never missed a movie night since she's been there. 
And she says there's always scandalous girls around the the um, the, the mansion. She also mentions like back when there were seven girlfriends, it was nothing for a girl to show up and then another girl be gone. Like he was flipping them in and out. Okay. Um, so she's like, you know, there's always girls hanging around that might do anything. And while they're doing all this, they're, they're showing half at the house. He's having his dinner. He's got the people over. He's got the movie night and they keep showing this one girl. And it's Stacy, who is an ex-girlfriend. Remember half, you, with the exception of Holly, because he, he was very hurt when she left because he thought he owned her and he, it would be like my car driving away without my permission. He was very upset. <laughs> he probably filed an insurance claim, but with the exception of Holly, he, he really is uh, ex-girlfriends come back anytime. They're invited to, to parties. They, he, he's always, says hello to them, they, you know, it's not a big deal. And so Stacy's there and she's there, apparently she's there every movie night. And what happens is that on the big couch, Hef and the three girlfriends sit there, but Stacy often sits there with them. And what they're saying is that, you know, Bridget and Holly mostly are talking about this, that they wanna know who's sitting close to Hef on the couch and that they think Stacy moved on down. And, uh, Holly does this thing on Kendra where she throws her leg over and goes, well, I want to know if she's doing this to him. And Kendra is laughing so hard. She's like, yeah, if she did to me, I just rub. She's like rubbing her leg or whatever. Kendra, the other two are really worried about these other girls, okay? Kendra is not. Because one, Kendra doesn't have the trauma bonding they have. And two, Kendra don't give a fuck. Kendra does not care. Kendra's here for a good time, not a long time. So <laughs> she is just like, so there'll be four girlfriends. So... <laughs> she does not fucking care. She really does not care. And I mean, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's so funny the way they're talking as if like, they're being obvious, like it would be okay if he met a girl during at movie night and brought her upstairs and stayed over and it would be fine. He slept with her, it'd be fine. But we gotta be home by nine o'clock. <laughs> I don't, I know this is a concept. I know we've been talking about the entire time. I know we've been talking about the power, the unequal um, power dynamics. We've been talking about this the entire time I've been doing this, but it has never been shown as closely as it is right now. Hef might be at the house and some girl might sleep with him and that she, and Holly wouldn't like it, but that's not, but Holly's racing home to get home on time. It's just, it's a lot. So, Actually, Holly wants to know who's actually there, okay? Because it's gonna take them another, it's gonna take them a while to get home. Holly wants to know who's there. So they start calling the mansion and every time they call, they say, hey, this is Holly. And then it clicks, it hangs up on them. And Holly does it a couple of times and Kendra's like, uh-uh, let me do it. Yo, this is Kendra. And they hang up the phone on her a couple of times. And finally, <laughs> Bridget does it and she's, and so and she tries it a different way. She goes, hi, Mark. This is Bridget. Click. And <laughs> in the talking head, Holly says that they found out later from the butlers that what was going on is that they were, they didn't get a lot of reception. You guys remember like in 2005, we will be roaming sometimes, right? Yeah. You'd be roaming. Your phone would click over to roaming. And that meant extra minutes. 
mean, you're outside of your network. You know, shit we don't ever think about now. <laughs> like, and I mean, on the highways between Lodi and where is the mansion? It's in, it's not in Calabasas. It's in Hombi Hills. So it's in LA. Um, well, not, it's in LA County. But um, so on the highways from Lodi to LA, I'm sure there are lots of dead spots in 2005. <laughs> so they were saying it was the, the butlers were later told them that it was the reception and what was happening is that every time they picked up the phone they couldn't hear anything so they would hang back up and holly says this thing that i was like mm, holly 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 well she goes yeah and you know it's that's good because you know if half thought they were hanging up on us he wouldn't be very happy you know what <laughs> Holly's a Kyle Richards. You know how Kyle Richards just be walking around starting shit, bullying fucking people, acting like a complete bitch, and then it's like, what? I just want everyone to be happy. I told my sister, I called my sister a drunk on TV because I, I was worried about her drinking. I, I just wanted Lisa Vanderpump to be real. I think her fans would appreciate if she were real. <laughs> no, Kyle, you are you are worried about your spot on TV. You're worried about popularity. You were mad because your sister was acting wild and she was not backing you up. And you spent a long time taking care of her monetarily, uh, emotionally, and she did have a drinking problem. And you were hiding that from people and you were tired of it. And here she was when it came time to have your back, when it came time for her to say, actually, Kyle didn't say that about Camille. Like, why would they want to film you without Kelsey Grammer? But really, why would they want to film me without Kelsey Grammer, Camille? Come on, come on. But when it came back, whether, you should, whether Kyle said it or not, the fact is, you're my sister. I've got you on this fucking show. This bitch over here who we don't even know is trying to out me on TV. And I ask you and you go, I don't know. I didn't see it. And after all these years of me fucking taking care of you, and I'm not talking about like people talk about Kim Richards being on TV. Kim Richards was a child star. They talk about Kim Richards like Kim Richard gave birth to Kyle, put her through school and breastfed her. They talk about Kim Richard. Yes, Kim Richard made money when she was younger. The fact that Big Kathy, their mother, did or did not use that money to take care of the family is not Kyle's fucking fault. But, so I'm on Kyle's side with that. Like she doesn't owe Kim because Kim Richard used to be a child star. She is her sister, and there's some sort of loyalty that I would expect from, from a sister, especially one that I grew up with, that I have a very strong relationship with, that as she got older, she had less money, and I ended up having more, and so I would help her financially. I would show up for her. She had a drinking problem. I would be there for her and support her there. There is something I would expect from her. So here it is. I got you on this fucking show. I got you a paycheck, and now it's time for you to say my sister wouldn't say that, and you don't. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. So then you went downstairs and you fucking said she had a, she, I don't know if this happened in the same place. It might've happened. It feels like two episodes later or something, but I haven't watched that first season long in enough time. Uh, I haven't watched that first season in a long time. But so what you do is you get madder and madder at her and then you call her a drunk on national TV. That's what you did. So do you, did you say it to be nice? As Maurizio asked Brandy when Brandy asked, asked uh when brandy said that about uh adrian maloof's uh having 
surrogates and Brandy's trying to explain to everybody why it was true or whatever. And Maurizio says, but did you say it to be nice? No, I said it to be fucking mean. And Kyle, you said it to be fucking mean. Kyle is such a fucking bitch. I hate Kyle. I heard that Denise is leaving this show. You know what I hate about the Denise stuff? Denise is a goddamn liar. You know what I hate about Denise? I hate that Denise is lying. But the reason I'm still on Denise's side is because you guys are dogpiling on her. And you're dogpiling on her because you're mad at her, you don't like her, whatever. Yeah, you too, Erica. You're dogpiling on her. And we don't need everybody to fight with her. We can let, what we should do is let Kyle fight with her. And we can just be at the table saying things like, can't we just have a nice dinner? <laughs> Even if you agree, like we don't need, it looks bad when all of you pile on her. There's enough Kyle and Lisa could fight with her and then you don't have to be a part of it. It's gross. Ugh. I just like, I hate Kyle. I think Kyle does as much wheeling and dealing behind the scenes as anybody. They all do. All your faves do it. Lisa Vanderpump did it. Fucking Candy on Atlanta does it. They all fucking do it. Even the most innocent person does it because that's how it goes. You have off camera conversations. You have talks about what the next season is going to be. You have like agreements with someone that like, where someone's like, I really do not want this brought up on the show. And where you say, I won't bring that up on the show if you don't talk about my man or whatever it is. This happens with everybody. Even They even come together sometimes and go and do things like say, um, you know, I talked to production and they're like, they're saying it's pretty boring or whatever. So what if I brought this up? What if, okay, so I have this information and I'm just gonna bring it to the sleepover. And I'll mention it and then you could say, like, they do that. Every single one of them does it. So it's not like I'm like, well, Kyle's a bitch because she does it. But I, what I hate about Kyle, which you'll, what you guys must know about me, is that I hate someone who does one thing and means another. And I hate how she doesn't own shit. And she shows up with like, I don't know why anybody's fighting, even though I brought up the thing that we're fighting about. I am so nervous. Fuck you, Kyle. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And you went, <laughs> and all the willy and dilly, like you don't want people to bring up the lawsuit with Maurizio. You don't want to bring up cheating stuff. You don't want to bring up all kinds of shit. And so you focus on other people. And I just feel, I believe that's bullshit. I hate that Denise quit. I wish, I feel like if Denise had come back another season, I like, obviously, if I were Denise, I would have quit. Obviously, I wouldn't have never been on the fucking show, to be honest. I don't like doing stuff like that. I will not go to five dinners to talk about the same fucking thing over and over again. I'm just not a reality TV person. I would be boring. I would be looking directly into the camera saying things like, you don't think this is boring? I would, I, I would be bad on TV. I would never be cast. However, if I were Denise, I would, I would have remembered that, every, that everybody that lots of people were on my side and I would have come back to next season because I believe next season would have been a good season for her and Kyle would have had a bad season. I'm waiting for Kyle's bad season, to be honest. I'm waiting for it. I'm, and I also feel like these OGs have got too much. I'm ready for Ramona to be gone. I'm glad Vicky's gone. I'm ready for Kyle to get gone too. I want her to be a friend of. I don't want to see another agency party. I don't want to see another agency hat. I don't want to see Portia walking around here being a fucking brat. I don't want any of this. Anyway. 
I think Holly's a Kyle. And that you can't even admit. Like, so I know that we're all like filthy animals that learn to walk up straight. We have animal instincts. We're all like, we can pretend like we're evolved and everything. But the fact is the motivations behind the things we do aren't, aren't that complicated. Sometimes we do things to be mean. Sometimes we do things because we're jealous and scared that someone's going to take our spot. Sometimes we do things because we don't want someone else to feel like they're higher than us. We're all, sometimes we, we eat the chicken off the table because, because <laughs> we're hungry, even though they told us not to, and we knew not to, and we did anyway. Basically what I'm saying is we're all little Maltese puppies. Old mal not puppies, old Maltese dogs that are trying to sit at the top of a couch trying to get higher than you to prove. <laughs> or all these things. And so I don't do well with people who try to convince me. If you try to convince me you're a good person, I know immediately that you're not. Because I know, I think good people know they have a long way to go always. I think, like when someone tells me they're lazy and they list, a bunch of things they didn't get to do that day. I'm like, then you're not a lazy person because lazy people fold one washcloth and go, woof, I've done it. <laughs> I am tired. Got a lot done though. Lazy people don't think that way. <laughs> you're not a lazy person if you're worried about being lazy. I think that if you, that if you are somebody who is thinking about whether or not you're a good mom and like, and like, and like having that conversation with yourself and trying to examine your actions, you're probably a pretty good mom because you're you're thinking that you that you're at least trying to figure it out. You're at least willing to examine yourself. You're probably on you're either a good mom or you're on your way to being one. But I think bad moms don't ever think they're bad moms. I don't think they do because they think they're doing the best. They're like, yeah, everything's great. What are you talking about? And I'm off topic, sorry. What I'm saying about a Kyle and a Holly and someone who who always presents themselves as never having a bad thought, a negative action, there's no bad intent over anything they've ever done, they are bad people. Because, I mean, there's, it's just bullshit. So I think Kyle and Holly should go off and get married and live together for the rest of their lives. Neither one of them like women. That's fine. I don't care. But you two are like peas in a fucking pod. Anyway, <laughs> they get back at one a.m. They see, um, they see half. He's happy to see them. He gives everybody a kiss, and they all go to bed. And that's the end of this episode. So we've got two more episodes and a bonus episode left in this series. I don't know what comes after this. I got to figure it out. Remember the Patreon weekly series. I let people who. Subscribe to the Patreon, decide what we're gonna do next. For the main episode, I decide. So I got some thinking to do. I got some soul searching to do. I gotta figure it out. Maybe next week I'll know. We'll see. See you guys next week. <laughs>